Mr. Boot. Welcome to Michigan Murders and Music, where we discuss murders in our gorgeous state and top it off with a little homegrown music, leaving you with a happy ending and mm, on, on a, a good, good note. note. Thank you for allowing us to seep into your ears. This week we are featuring a cool West Michigan band. They're called North, North 131. 131. We have some new thugs this week, Boot. Tell me. First, we have this super cool dude that's uh, really promoting us on Instagram, and he's just been really nice. Loves local shit. His name, I'm just going to do his Insta name. Dark Days 13, thank you so much. Hope you enjoy your sticker and your mask. You rock. Nice. We also have Devin Kelch of Grand Rapids. Thank you, Devin. Own Your Own Blood. The Yippy Hippie. Mm. And Okipa. Nice. Like, thank you. Thank, thank you, you all everybody. very much. I appreciate it. And uh, if you could share with a friend, that's just a few more listeners we'd get. That'd, That'd be, be great. great. Thank you so much. Do we have an explicit warning? Do we uh, explicit have content have one? warning. Yeah, we do. So if I don't know why you we always have to do find this. a jar of chloroform and rags in your son's backpack, we got rags ropes duct tape tie wraps what the personal lubricant oh and an sd card oh it gets i yeah, almost thought weird. sd like sexual disease my mind works in weird ways and then when you look at your son's sd card you find several pictures of his aunt cheryl what taken from a great distance with a telephoto lens that's not okay. So wait, wait. should you call Aunt right. Cheryl first? Call, call Aunt Cheryl first, or, or do then you call the cops? Like caps, that, or do you leave the cap? What do you? I know, I know. Aunt I, Cheryl's gonna gross right the fuck out. Oh, she's gonna have issues. If I found out my nephew, it, it, yeah, no, this is that's yeah. not okay. So if so, that if your kid has mm-hmm, done that's that, not on us. That's not on us. We definitely don't have rape kit nor Aunt Cheryl insurance. We don't have an Aunt Cheryl either. We don't have insurance for Aunt Cheryl either. So oh, don't let your does. kid listen to this. It's it's ab- we aren't. Appropriate. It's like flood insurance. You can't afford it. If you live in a flood zone, you can't afford it. You, can't if you live in a rape me. zone. You, you <laughs> <laughs> can't afford that goddamn anti-rape insurance. They won't do anything for you anyway. Is that how insurance rolls? Oh my god. Uh, where are we off to? Where are we road tripping today to boot? We're going to a, a couple towns on the east side of Michigan. Throw up your hand. Yep, it's uh, the thumb area, kind of here. Uh, we have Bad Axe, and we have a small town called Ubli. I just want to call it Ugly. Okay. Ubli. Okay. Ubli? Ubli, Ubli. Yeah. Here's a little history about the town of ugly 
The town started named as Sidon because it was north of Tyre, T-Y-R-E, as in the Bible. Later, the town was named after, after Alfred Paget, who opened their first general store in April of 1870. What'd they call it? Like Pagetville? No, they just called it Paget. Oh, Paget. Okay, eventually the small town needed a post office, a small That's group a, of men. What? No, it sounded like something else when I just said that. Like a I mean, naughty slur? Yeah, it made me feel bad for a second. Oh, nope, we can't say that word. Uh, okay, go back to the postal service. Eventually, the small town needed a post office. A small group of men gathered together and decided to come up with a, a proper name for the town. And they thought, Paggettville? <laughs> Mr. Paggett declined, instead suggesting the town they knew that he knew in England called Ubley. U-B-L-E-Y. However, whoever the heck was in charge of filling out the paperwork didn't fill it out properly, and they left the E out. So it is now U-B-L-Y. It sounds like ubly. I, ubly. Ub- yeah, so they, they just left it that way. Ubly. So they just kept it that way. As of 2019, the population of ubly was... 785 that that's a pretty small town it's a really small town um also the house across the street's for sale and someone's looking at it should we pull our anti-neighbor thing <laughs> no we can't do that oh come on it's like what they Mm-mm. do in stepbrothers <laughs> yeah, but not that bad we just like to turn well, up that some would be funny music the, the dog's barking anyway i don't know yeah. what so, Ubley is the home to Michigan's largest wind park. You know, which I, I didn't I think look cool. that up. That is pretty cool. I wanted to see what it looked like. It's still known as a very large agricultural area, which a lot of Michigan is. Yep. Ubley is primarily the town where our story takes place. Yeah, it is. It's Ubley. It's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's Ubley. The Sparling family, Ubley. consisting of Mr. John and Mrs. Carey Sparling. Their children have four boys and a daughter. The boys are Peter, Albert, Cereal. I'm going to say Cereal. I say Scryle. <laughs> and Ray. <laughs> and the, they had the, a daughter whose name I couldn't find. Yep. The family ran a very successful farm. Their daughter had married and moved away, leaving the nearly adult boys and the parents to tend to the farm. One spring day in 1908, John... That's a long-ass time ago. It was a long time ago. Uh, John was plowing his cornfield when he became sick. So I bet he was plowing with some, uh, maybe some horses. Oh, maybe. Like coming through yeah. the field. No, yeah. He had to push one of those... Oh, my God. This know, is going to be a reoccurring thing. I see it already. You know, one of those I, things... I should have just it's like taped metal your hands. And you have to go behind it. Bah. I heard a bah. See, I told you there was one in there. You didn't believe me. So he was taken to Port Huron Hospital and dies a few weeks later. The family doctor and their close friend, Dr. McGregor, didn't seem to know exactly what caused John's death. Mm-hmm. So he, he says. was perplexed. Yep. He ruled it as creeping, creeping paralysis. paralysis due to acute inflammation of the spine. Isn't that the weirdest? They, it's 1908. Creeping they didn't know paralysis. shit back then. Yeah. The death did seem to puzzle him, though, but that's what 
what he listed it as. The so, whole community turned up for John's funeral. He was a likable local farmer guy after all. With her husband gone, Miss Carrie would have to run the farm by herself with the help of her sons. Well, Carrie was used to doing the business side of the farming as she had done it for her husband, all the paperwork and that type of stuff. So she had that under control. And the boys knew what to do. Yeah. yeah so the they seemed to be, it seemed to be working out for them. I'm sure it was difficult, but they it was 1908. You got back on that horse and rode it. That same year, the eldest son, Peter, I said Peter. You said Peter. Was working in the hay field when he became suddenly extremely ill. Same symptoms as uh, daddy. Nausea, mm-hmm. bad stomach, and abdominal pains. Peter was taken to the same hospital as his father in Port Huron, and he died five days later. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Good old Doc McGregor was right there to give the medical reason for death. Sunstroke and blood poisoning. Mm -hmm. How do you even get, isn't blood poisoning from like infection? Typically, yeah. Yeah, something weird like that. The doctor, hospital doctors agreed with his conclusion and signed off on the death certificate. Now that two of the sparling men had died, a bit of rumors had started uh, sweeping across their their little town there. It started walking its little way through the grapevine, uh, the uh, coconut wireless. Was the land tainted? Was Miss Carrie poisoning their family? Was their family was possessed, or possessed or haunted? Or haunted. Yeah. Maybe the rumors. land was haunted. After May 1911, the town had full-blown reason to start their talking and their gossiping about the family. Just one year after Peter, young Albert, just 23 years old, was stricken with the same symptoms, nausea, racked with abdominal pain. And Albert died just two mm. days after becoming sick. Mm-hmm. That's number three, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Doc McGregor had known that Albert had an accident previously. He, he had been chasing stray cows and fell and injured his stomach area. So the doc ruled Albert's death as uh, circumstances from the stomach injuries. This is a weird Michigan thing, and I'm sure, you know, Wisconsin and all the other states that have cows have it too, but they get loose, those fuckers, and they take off. And <laughs> sometimes... Highway 131 gets closed down because there's a bunch of cows walking around the highway and cops have to go round them up. (laughs) They do. Wouldn't that be fantastic to see a bunch of cops out there trying to round up the fucking horse, the goddamn cows? You can't get home because there's a bunch of cows on the highway. You can't make that shit up, and I will post a link to the news when that happened. So cows get loose. It's mm-hmm. part of life here. So so back to our story. Maybe he did hurt his tummy oh, and he did. died of internal bleeding. But because cow, a cow got loose. Yeah. yeah well, he, But if he was a real he, cowboy, he would have hopped on his horse like your Tony Bo or whatever he is. That's Tony Bo's even, the motorcycle guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my different God. Uh, so J.B. Mooney. Oh, mm-hmm. What Excuse would J.B. do? He'd get mm-hmm. back on mm-hmm. that bull and ride it, and he'd pick a tougher bull. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now so the, the t- town is totally talking shit about this family because they're everybody's dying. There's only two sons left at the farm, and it's only the guys that are dying. 
you know, and those those guys, everyone else who's left is like, am I next? Yeah. Is, is it going to be me? The young men are thinking, this is not good. Mm. I think that it's going in order of ages, and I'm next, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So they, they go and visit their, their great uncle and uh, try to get some advice from him. Yeah, their great uncle. He was actually a former member of the state legislation. Prominent man of bad acts at the time. His name was also John Sparling. The uncle highly suggested they hightail it to Canada to seek their fortunes, as his own two children had done. It's just Canada. Time out. Shut up, asshole. The um, two remaining can we just boys go seek fortunes somewhere? How does that work? Oh, apparently was that he had a nineteen hundred there thing? somewhere, and it was like Canadia? I'm just gonna go to Canada and look for fortune. It's just going to show up in my lap. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. The two remaining boys, Cereal <laughs> and Ray. You guys, how would you pronounce this? S-C-Y-R-E-L. I guess it is kind of Cereal. The two remaining boys, Cereal and Ray, agreed that <laughs> it would be best to hightail to Canada, but they have to save some money to do so. Uncle John is left with an odd feeling after the boys left. He reached out to the county prosecutor, Boomhauer. I can't pronounce his first name. Xenophon. Xenophon. That's a cool... I had to put that name in there. It sounds like some weird science fiction character. It does. I wonder what it means. Xenophon. Uncle John filled in Boomhauer all the details regarding the deaths of the, uh, the men on the family farm. Boomhauer assured that he was on it, and he assured John that the remaining boys would be safe under his watch. Kind yeah. of a narcissistic thing oh, to, of course. to say. And he wasn't even watching them. So right. a few weeks later, Cereal is sick. Same, Same symptoms. symptoms. Doc McGregor, seeing that he was, wasn't severely ill, realized that the symptoms were the same as all the previous men who were now dead. He left some sort of stomach medicine, said he would return the following day. He did return the following day with a doctor from Bad Axe in tow, Dr. W.J. Harrington. Dr. Harrington concluded that Cereal was <laughs> ill but would not die like the others. Yeah, the third day, McGregor comes back with yet another doctor from Bad Axe, Dr. Daniel Conboy. That's a funny name. I know. Conboy. By now... Cereal has more symptoms. His abdominal pains have worsened. He's inflamed mouth, and he has a feeble but fast heart rate. Kind of sounds inflamed miserable. Inflamed mouth doesn't sound very enjoyable. Mm-mm. After the consult, the doctor seemed a little bit stumped. Dr. McGregor suggested to Conboy that maybe it's poisoning. Dr. Conboy agrees. It's got to be poisoning. Mm-hmm. We don't know what else it is. There's no... Fever, there was no sign of infection. And these guys are thinking, well, it's possible that the missus. Dr. McGregory is the one that put that out there. You know, why would he he do that? He is the one that put out, Mm. maybe it's poisoning. And then he says, maybe the missus has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. We're going to find out something. He's pointing all kinds of maybes around, isn't he? Dr. Conboy is concerned about the suggestions of Dr. McGregory. 
So he immediately chucks back all the way back to Bad Axe. How'd he get there? You guys, I'm Bad Axe sure from Ubli was 10 miles. Oh, and you got to get there somehow quickly. And now it takes like 13 minutes. Back then, I bet it took. So he got there. A long while. The men decide they both needed to talk to Dr. McGregor, so they headed to Ubli and talked to him at his office. Yep, so now they've they've gone down to Bad Axe on their horses, I think, and then they busted back to Ubli on the same day to, to talk to Dr. McGregor because this uh, situation doesn't seem right. Yes, Serial's uh, condition is getting worse. So the three men, you know, they discussed the situation of Serial and his worsening condition with prosecutor, and the prosecutor... Boomhauer says, I'm demanding that a nurse come to care for this young man, to feed him, to clothe him, to take care of him, in case it was the mom that was doing it. Yeah, and he also said that if Cyril were to die, he would be obligated to do a post-mortem autopsy and figure out why. So by the fourth or fifth day, Cyril had a house nurse. Sadly, he died two days later. Despite Prosecutor Boomhauer's request to hold off on postmortem, Dr. McGregory did it anyways. Mm-hmm. Vital organs sent to Michigan University. The results came back rather quickly, and they found measurable amounts of arsenic, more than enough to have caused death and no other illnesses. Okay, now from Ann Arbor to Ubley, it's 143 miles. How do you get there? I don't know how they got that stuff back so fast in two days. They, uh, did they have telegraphs? Oh, maybe telegraphs. Were they, was Secretariat around? Oh, maybe. That, they probably yeah. had one that, that hadn't raced in a in a proper race yet, and they just went. Road is yeah. ass hard. Get it. Oy. So when those vital organs came back, they knew, bam, yeah, they found Lots arsenic. Of arsenic. So they decided they were going to pull up the body of Albert. He was immediately exhumed for examination. At some point, Dr. McGregor, this is weird. He started he saying. He does get kind of cuckoo. Saying odd things. For coconuts. He told the Detroit Free Press that all four of the family members died from syphilis. You can't even die from syphilis. Well, you can. You, you oh. can, but symptoms are completely different than that. I mean, we, but we the know that reason now. he says that they're finding poison because was because of the medicine he was giving them for syphilis. I don't know. Penicillin it apparently do. contained <laughs> okay. poison in it. I don't know. Okay. Upon talking to the doctor who did the post-mortem, Dr. McGregor said he was sure that now we have arsenic. I know. Arsenic would be in all of them. And that he would give up his left leg to find out who was doing the poisoning. Why his left leg? I, he, that's that's he weird. He uses his right leg for the ho- to kick the horse. Okay. And for the new cars that were coming up. Because guess what? In 1903, hmm? the Ford Motor Company was founded oh. down in that area. And in 1908, General Motors Company was founded. Sweet. So he knew he was going to need his right foot for driving. Yep. So like, oh, I'll God, give, it totally makes sense. I'll give my left leg minute. to when find they out. They were all stick shifts back then. Oh, He's got a problem. Fuck. He can just peg leg it. Back. Yeah, we don't know what's <laughs> going on. 
McGregor <laughs> also went to the sheriff with odd concerns. He told the sheriff that all that all of the sparlings would be found with poison and that he knew the man who gave it to them and a man who could make Mrs. Sparling confess. All mm-hmm. he would need to do was look in the mirror. Oh. Telling on himself. Yep. McGregor also told the sheriff that Widow Sparling had sent him a present, a stuffed goose, (laughs) and claims to have thrown it away because he knew it would be full of arsenic. Who just sends a stuffed goose as a gift? I know. That's creepy. I would eat. Somebody send me a stuffed stuffed goose goose today. I'd be eating that shit (laughs) because I don't like to cook. Send me food, people, please. Mm-hmm. So he threw the stuffed goose away because he was afraid that, you know, the widow was poisoning him too. I wouldn't eat it. I, I'm hungry right now. Sparling had once gone blind from syphilis and... Well, that's what he said to the sheriff. He said, in yeah. fact, Mrs. Sparling had once gone blind from syphilis and that Ray was going to die of it too. Basically saying the entire family has syphilis. The inquest into Arthur's death revealed that the life insurance policies were taken out on each of the men. A thousand One, bucks each. Oh, can you imagine that kind of cash That's back then? a lot then? of doll hairs. Oh. Mm. The odd part is that the widow, Mrs. Carey, Miss Carey, she used Dr. McGregor. Miss Carey. <laughs> uh, she used Dr. McGregor's father as her insurance agent and he lived all the way in london ontario in canadia is that how you pronounce it canadia yeah in that that place yeah the policies were all to go to to carry yeah she's gonna get rich by killing these bitches however (laughs) carrie had literally signed over one of the checks to dr mcgregor so that's a thousand dollar check so she gave Mm. a thousand bucks to dr mcgregor the coroner's jury you know they were they had this inquest going, and they found out this information, and they deemed that Arthur's death was caused by arsenic poisoning, but mm-hmm. by an unknown person. They So they knew he died from right. poison, but they didn't know who did it. Uh, it's boom, a who did it. Right. Boomhauer issued a, a request for arrest for Dr. McGregor, and he was arrested the <laughs> next day. McGregor would stand for himself by stating that he had brought other doctors in for help. You know, basically saying, if I did this, why would I bring other doctors in for help? Mm-hmm. And also that the death certificates were not signed by him, rather the doctors at the hospital. But if you remember, remember, if you recall, he's the one that suggested to the doctors at the hospital. Mm-hmm. as their family doctor, what he thought it was. Mm-hmm. After he was arrested, it, it was said that he often broke down in tears in his cell, claiming his innocence. Cried mm-hmm. like a baby. Miss Carrie Sparling was also arrested, but later released to the care of her husband's cousin in Colfax, Michigan. Oh, don't ask me to hold up my hand because I didn't I, look that up. I'm not even, sure where it I is. I won't ask, Boo. You're, I've heard of it. I'll let I, you off the hook thank this you. time. Oh, my God. Only this time. God damn it. McGregor's trial. can read the story next time, would you? Started in December of 1911. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> the sheriff related the strange comments that had been made to him by the doctor. 
And the nail in the coffin was the testimony of their house servant, little Annie. Annie. Annie stated that Dr. McGregor came over frequently, and when he did, they would go right straight into the bedroom and um, and close the door. And spend, she said, anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. That's there. all it takes, you know. That's all you need. Just Dr. Get- McGregor was charged <laughs> with murder of the first degree and would be going in front of a jury trial. Mm. During this time, they exhumed the bodies of John and Peter... And realized that large quantities of strychnine were found, but no other signs of illness. Okay, I know you guys, we keep going back and forth between strychnine and arsenic. It wasn't very clear right. in the story. They used both of them. So, right. I'm, both deaths. We're as confused as you are. Right. We're even probably more confused. Both deaths were definitely caused by strychnine poisoning. Dr. And McGregor was charged in these cases as well. I have a question, though. What? We covered a few poisonings, mm-hmm. and it was always the women. Mm-hmm. Women tend to be the poisoners, little witches. Those deaths were very, I want to say, dramatic. They were horrible. They it, Their bodies convulsed, and their it's always said that their arms, like, freeze, and their hands clench, and they foam at the mouth. And it didn't sound like any of these guys I think did that. that. It, it was during a period of time in our history that there weren't it's not like we had the internet right you know so you had to rely on a medical journal that was printed 20 years before from the doctor that was there 20 years before you yeah and and try to figure out from what they have determined what could possibly be maybe they just decided to leave out the the harsh part of a strychnine poisoning It's it's harsh. It's It's ugly. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Dr. McGregor was charged in these cases as well. During the trial of cereals. Cycles, skyrals. During the trial of cereals' death, a pastor had noticed that the doctor visited when John was dying. After saying to John, he went into the bedroom with the missus. To pastor even you know, saw it happen. Just to kind of help her out, pat her on the back. You know, after uh, you that, know. the doctor was seen going to their home approximately once a week after her husband died. And nobody appeared to be sick in the household during their visit. So why is the doctor visiting? Right. And you think nobody notices, but... You know, it's a small town. How many people are there now? 700-something? Yeah. Um, There's probably probably, 40 back then. (laughs) No wonder the whole family had syphilis. Uh, Oh. (gasps) Oh, I did not. So did all the farm animals. Oh, snikies. Mm. Doctors from Ann Arbor concluded and stated that Cereal and Albert had died from poisoning and that there were no other illnesses, not even... Syphilis. The syphilis, as you... The syphilis, (laughs) I wrote. The doctor's wife took the stand, and she stated she had no idea that something was going on between him and Carrie. She absolutely refuted that idea. Uh, She said the two families were close, good friends. They visited each other often, and they even exchanged gifts at Christmas. Yeah, like stuffed geese? Uh, <laughs> bottles of arsenic. The doctor took a stand and was actually up for grilling. He he got grilled, grilled, like grilled, a steak. and grilled. Took yep. the stand and was up there for five days. He denied having anything to do with 
any sort of affair with Carrie. Denied the statements, and he stated all this to you know everyone. He denied all the stuff he had said to the sheriff before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When asked about the life insurance money that he used to buy a car with and the money given to him by Carrie for a vacation, well, that was payment for his medical services. Yeah, because she cared enough about him that she would give him $1,000, which is probably $100,000 in our day. We should have done the math on that. We should have. We can ask Google if we want. Not right this minute. He was asked for advice by the widow and her sons, and he said, my father's an insurance policy dude. He has really reasonable rates. Why don't you go see him? You said insurance policy, dude. I think that's the proper name for an agent. Insurance policy, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100%. (laughs) And if it's not, it should be now. And now things get weird. The times in the bedroom, well, Mm -hmm. those were, of course, medical visits for her eyes, he stated. And they were in there having conversations about the sick people in her family. That's what they were doing in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Jeez, you guys. Why do you have such a dirty mind? Mm Mm-hmm. On June 1st, 1912, that's a very specific date. It was. Dr. McGregor waiting a mere three hours while the jury deliberated. The The jury jury foreman mm. announced that he was guilty as charged for murder in the first degree. He he didn't even flinch. Took it in with no change upon his face. He knew what he did. His wife dramatically threw herself into his arms saying, Oh, God. It can't be true that you are guilty. Well, he kissed her sweetly and calmly replied, It's too late now. Many people believed that the doctor was innocent. And in 1916, Michigan's governor, Governor Woodbridge Ferris, actually conducted his own private investigation into the murders. No, this is what gets weird. weird This is the old buddy system. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Uh Because listen to this. Not only does the governor grant him a full pardon in 1916, but he appoints him as Jackson Prison's physician. Yeah. What the fuck? So I'm going to let you out of jail, and I'm going to give you a great job that you know you'll have Yeah, for the rest of his life. Yeah. But, you know, check this out. (laughs) He held that position until his own death caused by typhoid fever. Typhoid? Typhoid fever in 1928. He died at 53 years old. Good. He was, yeah. Should have died earlier. Died young. Uh-huh. Boomhauer explained why Mrs. Sparling was never charged or brought to trial because there really was not enough evidence to get a conviction and he knew he wouldn't be able to convince a jury that a mother could poison her own children. You know what? What? I love this sound. That's why I played it again. I love horses. But I'm really glad right now that we don't have to take horses anywhere. Oh. To the store. It's, oh, it'd be did horrible. Did you hear the yeah. goat again? Yes. So that's it, you guys. That's the story. Of the sparling men who died, and Ron just threw his papers everywhere. Angrily. I want to hear this band. And the woman who North 131. May, or may not have gotten away with it. Okay, it's time for our happy endings. Happy ending. Jumping time. forth on me. <laughs> yes, this band 
is North 131, which if you've lived in Michigan, you know is... Oh, it's a straight corridor. All north, south. the way up and down the old Michigander mm-hmm. areola. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song it's a pretty drive. is called... Well, not during the winter. It's not... <laughs> Nothing is during the winter. <laughs> My car wants to fall apart. It's Oy. so cold. My door just goes... Crack. I'm mm-hmm. going to fall apart. Okay. North 131. The song is called Greatest Night. Oh, oh yeah. fuck me. That was your forehead. So what's gone, dead baby? Use your forehead. Here we go. Greatest Night. North 131 from the 616. Let it all flow out. <laughs> for choosing Michigan Murders and Music. Please rate the show wherever you listen. Michigan Murders and Music is produced by The Boots. Episodes are researched and written by Your Highness, edited by Your Highness. Views and opinions are the sole stupidity of us and us alone. Don't blame others, please. Listening to this podcast could quite possibly cause major problems to your earballs and definitely will mess up your kids. Permission has been given to us by the bands and we purchased our music on bandcamp.com. Support your local music scene and all local music scenes. Sound effects were used by Zap Splat. Thank you.